Hello? Okay. Oh, this works perfectly. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. I mean, it's 2020, but you know, we're still, we're still out in the desert. We're still in the sticks over here, really. I know. Dubai blocks all. <laughs> Dubai Seriously. Is, is the Bermuda Triangle of internet, of VOIP service. Yeah, no one understands. <laughs> people still try and WhatsApp, like, call, and you're just like, it just doesn't. You, I don't think people get their head around it. They're like, it's fine, just answer. <laughs> it's like, I cannot. <laughs> Well, let's just start here then. I mean, this is this is a good place to start. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Laura Ferrier. You know, one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. She's uh, she's one of the uh, preeminent uh, yoga practitioners and teachers in Dubai, and uh, just a a, a uh, stand out human being and a beautiful soul. Um, and today we're going to introduce her and talk to her about just what's going on. There's no pressure, just shooting the shit, seeing what's up. <laughs> I feel oh. pressure. Oh, really? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've just, I've listened to like, I've listened to all the podcasts so far. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm sweating a little. <laughs> I mean, I'm in Dubai, but so that's kind of standard for well, us. Yeah, but standard yeah. procedure. I don't know. I although I feel like you have way more on the boys than than you do on me. Oh, I got so. nothing on you, so you could you can you. sequester <laughs> yourself into uh... yeah. <laughs> I'm safe. Well, let's just let's just do this. Let's make it easy for you. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Today's been a today's been a good day. I've had the afternoon and I've got the evening off. My schedule is a kind of like the sands of time. It's constantly shifting with my job. Yeah. Um. So yeah, today today's been a good day. Um. It's you know it's a little bit like Groundhog Day here at the moment. I think with everything that's been happening over the last six seven months and not having had a break. I've I've taught solidly. Um, didn't take a break through the whole summer, which uh, is unusual for me. So that's um, right. You usually travel to some exotic, lovely location multiple times. Yeah. Actually, you, and I get yeah. You, you and I get my fill. Yeah, go ahead. I get my fill of practice usually at some point over the summer. It's a good time for me generally to go away. Weather's not good here. Clients, uh, my my students tend to leave, um, and so do I. I usually go and practice with with my teacher in India, or uh, last year I was in Bali, um, obviously, and I saw you there, that you, Wonderful. Were, you were living out there still at that time, yeah. and I had a month of practice, um, so this one's been, yeah, it's the first summer in nine years of living here where I've, uh, I've been here the whole way through, so um considering i'm considering i'm running on fumes you say it with such contempt the whole way through the whole way through punctuation mark yeah so you know um i'm yeah i feel like i'm kind of running on fumes and yet you know there's you know there's there's joy still in the world and in my life so things could be worse enjoy these days yeah i've i've fared better i think than than some um so i i feel lucky 
it sounds really cliche for a yoga teacher to say that they feel blessed, but I suppose that is what I feel. Um, in you a way, be honest, yeah, I mean, blessed yeah. is a good way to feel. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel, you know, seeing what's kind of happened globally and then just on a, you know, micro level here in Dubai with people I know and losing their jobs, I feel very fortunate that I have had the opportunity to work, uh, you know, throughout the pandemic. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah that, that is that is a blessing. That's for yeah. sure a blessing. Yeah. Now, now that we've gotten how you're doing out of the way, I want to, <laughs> I want to to drill down into a, into a uh, Instagram story post that you did the other day. And it was, uh, it was melancholy, but it was beautiful at the same time. And I think it, it, your, your grand has passed and you, and you posted a picture of you drinking a whiskey and you said, my, <laughs> <laughs> my grand would be happy that I don't add Coke to my whiskey anymore. Yeah. And I have, for all those out there that are listening i have tried to the ends of the earth to get this girl to have a drink with me over so many years <laughs> well yeah uh, well I, I i mean there's not a question in there and yet i feel like there's a lot to talk about <laughs> so that's the point it's um, open-ended yeah so first of all my grandma passed away actually 12 years ago and it was just the anniversary uh, just the other day. And yeah, I, I posted, you know, having a, a, a whiskey on the, on the rocks. And I used to, when I was uh, a lot younger, uh, in my teenage years, I was very fond of Jack Daniels, which my friends and I drank standardly with Coca-Cola in London, growing up in London. And my grandma just thought it was absolutely blasphemous yeah um being of um scottish descent oh, i mean she actually yeah. didn't, didn't drink uh irish whiskey she always drank scotch and she would just have it with a splash of water and the fact that i used to drink like first of all an american whiskey which was upsetting to her oh yeah for sure and then to put you know coca-cola with it was just always beyond her so i know she'd be really proud of me now that i've managed to kind of get a taste of just scotch on the rocks now when well, it comes i'm, to I'm drinking, proud of you i'm proud of you yeah go thanks. ahead please and and when it <laughs> talking of drinking i didn't drink for nine years and yeah. it was actually i had my first drink after nine years with you and chambers who That's effectively right. kidnapped for yeah we did um, I thought it was a joke, but you actually showed up at my apartment on the palm. And I mean, <laughs> there was no violence involved. It was kind of like a willing kidnap. But you actually took me. Um, Stockholm syndrome. Up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think we went to the one and only on the on the palm. Did we not? And the I, 101. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and you bought me a, a glass of I think it was a glass of Malbec. And you kind of, you know, you put it there in front oh, of me memory. with expectant eyes. Um, and I think you thought that I would drink that and then kind of revert back to my, you know, teenage self of calling for shots and nope. stuff, which I didn't, <laughs> which I'm glad I didn't. Um, but that was my first drink after nine years of, of, of not drinking. And it was with you. So 
thanks i know that was that was a that was a wonderful uh, wonderful occasion and i remember it fondly and i will you know i will cherish that memory for the rest of my life because Ask probably why. probably under the current under the current conditions i don't think we're gonna have that opportunity for a while anytime soon no. so yeah well let me ask you this referring to your grandmother since we're since the whiskey was the impetus for that uh memory to be resurrected what was what was the most important lesson that you your grandmother ever taught you wow um i think i don't i i I lost her when i 12 years ago i was living in india at the time if you don't no, want to talk about it, no, that's all right all. too. Not as well. at all. Okay. She, I mean, she really, for me, was was a, a second mother. Um, you know, growing up with a with a single parent, and my mum, you know, worked um, throughout my childhood, uh, and she worked in television and film when I was young, and so was away a lot on shoots. Uh, and so my grandma kind of, you know, came and and really brought me up. I think she retired a year after I was born, so I was very fortunate to have her. Um, very much like, a, you know, a second maternal figure. Um, and at some points, really the only maternal figure that I had um, at certain kind of junctions of, of of my life. I don't think that there's kind of one singular lesson that, that stands out for me, but mm-hmm. being a scorpion female that she was, um, I did, I think, definitely gain this insight into a woman who just really didn't give a shit about what other people thought. Um, I, th- I feel like she just, yeah, she just, she never was a, a, a warrior of kind of opinion and society and, you know, gossip. And my grandma just lived the way she wanted to live. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and I think that that, you know, for sure by, you know, growing up around that energy, um, I probably got that uh, kind of feeling also of, of not necessarily playing to the convention of what mm-hmm. a woman is expected to do or the, or the kind of conventional. What society part. expects of yeah. you and sure like yeah. that. I think, you know, my, my, my grandmother got divorced when in the fifties, when my mom was quite young, which was not a common thing. Sure. Um, of course. You know, and, and she worked and she drank and she smoked and she swore and, you know, <laughs> she was like, she was great. So, Sounds like somebody I would love to meet. Yeah, she was fantastic. She was hilariously funny, and you know, um, had lots of like male friends, and you know, just was just quite unconventional. And I think that that probably uh, was one of the main things that I would take off of being around her and and watching her as I as I grew up. Um, no, that actually, that I mean that. Really, I mean, not, as you're saying that, I'm really picturing the way that you've kind of lived your life over the last, since, since I've known you, is pretty much the same way. I mean, how unusual is it that, I mean, you have, you know, you have pretty much done whatever you've wanted to do as far as your occupation, as far as travel. Yeah. You've got everything dialed in pretty well as far as like, 
balancing your lifestyle and really kind of making a business out of your out of your lifestyle and not really caring what other people think and really just kind of doing whatever you wanted to do and that is to be applauded because I think a lot of our friends have been able to do that we're very very lucky to have have been you know successful and able to accomplish you know living a life that we want to live rather than something that we're kind of, you know, forced to live. Yeah. And I think your grandmother would be very, very proud of you to this day. Oh yeah. And, I think she, I mean, she never, yeah. you know, I think she lived uh, her life without that much expectation. And, and therefore there was never an expectation. Play. And, and my mother very similar as well. It was, I was always encouraged to kind of, find my own way and find my own path and um and I think you know as as a group of friends that we are you know people some people would call us misfits but I think that we've all in our own way kind of you know as cliche as it sounds like pursued our passions or pursued our dreams or you know pursued what makes our heartbeat rather than um you know, the conventional lifestyle of a nine to five and, you know, marrying young and, you know, just all those, all those things that we, you know, um, have kind of taken a different route, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Um, now I, I have a, I have a more pressing question. This, that, that is, you know, I, I am, uh, I am, you know, to, to follow up on that and, and, you know, the fact that, you know, a lot of us have made our way in the world and doing what we want to do and following our passion, everything else. But it seemed more than anybody else. And I don't know if it's, if it's, if filters or what, but it almost seems like as you get older, you become more radiant uh, Laura, and I'm wondering <laughs> if there's a specific, uh, you know, beauty regimen that you have, or if it's, you it's know, the some breathing technique that ex- exfoliates your skin by breathing, or it's what it is. But it's all like every time I see your Instagram stories, I'm like, how, <laughs> how the hell does she look? so radiant like every time and it gets and each one like I have to stop looking because I'm like I look in the mirror and I'm like oh man I'm not I am not getting like that at all and I need some of your tips and tricks on on how you do that well first of all like full full disclaimer um if there's a kind of fun filter oh filters um, yeah, like sometimes, I mean, I don't always use filters on my stories, but if there's like a fun one with like, I don't know, glitter and fairy wings, I, you know, sometimes I, I live vicariously through <laughs> filters, like in my little fantasy yoga, I don't know, ethereal world. Um, so and so I'm sure a lot of what you see is that, you know, glow up, I guess what the young kids call it, is it? Glow up, something like that, um, is probably a filter. Um yeah, you're but, literally glowing in like yeah. all of your stories, and and, um, and it really and goes along yoga. with the theme of just who you are because you are a radiant human being. You are literally like a little glow bug, you know. Uh, it's 
it's kind of uh, unnerving at times, to be honest I with mean, you. <laughs> I think, you know, I think also the other thing is, is filter or not, a, a lot of what um, I think we in general, like, you know, across the world and, and myself included, we show the the good stuff really on on Instagram. Yeah, um, true. So I, I think also, you know, we're much more likely to take our phone out when, you know, we've had a great day or for me, you know, my, my Instagram page, it's not a personal page. It's my, it's really my business page. It's my yoga page. So I'm often like talking about uh, a workshop that I'm doing or a retreat or I'm, you know, in a way I'm selling myself. Um, and so therefore I, you know, I choose the, the times when I want what I, what I want to show is heavily filtered. Um, so, you know, it's a massive compliment for you to say that, but just to keep it real, I also have days where, you know, I don't brush my hair and I feel sad and, you know, life is, gets a bit shit and, you know, like, and, and those things happen. Oh, I know, I know. As well. Um, And you just, uh, it's hard to show those things. I know. Yeah. I mean, that's not really what my account, you know, and and some of those times is, is personal and it's stuff that I want to go through, you know, not publicly. I don't want to uh, overshare. Although I think some, some accounts that do share, trials and tribulations and talk about um you know hard times or depression or, or whatever it might be i think are, are really valuable um but that's not i've always been quite private when it comes to kind of dealing with my uh demons or my you know my difficult days so it's not something that i tend to put uh ever online um and i'm very thankful for the you know the tools that i guess i've learned through my practice over the last um, 20 or so years of meditation and, and physical practice of yoga, of asana, um, that all those things, I think, not only help help my body, but, you know, keep, keep my mental health. Yeah, you know, um, in, in balance. In balance and, you know, yeah, with the chakras aligned, you know. <laughs> now, you don't speak about the trials and tribulations on your Instagram. So, you know, the biggest trial and tribulation that we're having these days is just trying to keep our heads above water in, you know, during this craziness, man. And it's just, and I know that, you know, you know, some have had more, you know, issues than others. And we've had a lot of, you know, we've had a lot of crazy things happen to us during this process. And I'm wondering, you know, um, I don't, I don't want to go into like, I don't want to go into practical solutions on how to balance it. I'd want to go into just like, I want to go into just like your overall, your overall theory on what is going on here. Where did it, what is going on in the world that caused this in your opinion and what, yeah, what, what caused it? my what my opinion on on our relationship with social media and, no, COVID, and all of that COVID, or, or COVID. how COVID. did how did COVID start and I'm not saying from a bat to a cow I'm saying <laughs> to a lab yeah exactly okay yeah go ahead I, I mean I wouldn't um you know I think I think it's 
I would think it, it would be overreaching for someone of my, you know, limited knowledge of infectious diseases and, you know, science and the spread of a virus to kind of comment on how I think it began. And, and I can only really talk about um, my own personal uh, impact that it's had on me, obviously, in, on my life in the last six to seven months. And then, I mean, I think we'd get quite political. Yeah. Tell us how it's going, how it's affected, how it's affected you in, in, in Dubai, Dubai in particular. Yeah. I mean, whatever my personal yeah laura lives in dubai by the way i forgot yeah. to mention unless that. you got that she guys is, from she's the a res- comments but yeah i live in i live in the sample yeah where, where i met brad many moons ago <laughs> um i mean i think like i you know it would get quite political with me talking about you know what my personal opinion of this virus and um so i'll talk from a very personal position which is how it's impacted me and for me the main impact has been uh, financial, which I think it has for, you know, for, for many people. Um, I haven't lost anyone uh, close to me um, because of the because of the virus. Um, I don't know any anyone close to me that has uh, got the virus. Um, so for me, it's been, uh, you know, it's definitely affected my work. Um, I'm definitely not earning the money that I uh, have earned over the last uh, nine years or so living in Dubai. So um, on the other hand, I've had a lot more free time, um, which has been, I think, in a way, actually, despite not being able to travel, quite useful for me to have a little bit of perspective and downtime um, and taking a step back as to where I want my business or my brand or my kind of career or passion or whatever you want to call it to go. So, um, and I think it's reminded me uh, how little I need to be comfortable and happy and and satisfied. So, um, you know, by no means am I back to kind of, you know, basic ashram living, which I've, which I've experienced and done, you know, I have a a nice house and a nice home and nice things around me. So I'm very fortunate in that way. But I think just the kind of simplicity and going into lockdown and, you know, having to jump on the back foot and shift a lot of my work online for that, for that period of time, um, you know, was was challenging, but also gave me an insight into, you know, what's possible to do now um, without having to be physically in person. Um, Although the feeling is never the same, obviously doing yoga with someone in person is not the same as doing it with a screen. Um, Sure. But yeah, I think that that kind of respite of not having, you know, not dashing around Dubai teaching, you know, six to 10 classes or whatever it was, you know, in my, in my heyday, um, which has been quite nice because I'm getting old. And so I'm quite happy to slow down a bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, I saw a lot over the last six months of people, you know, saying, what projects are you going to start? And, you know, how productive can you be in this time? And I was I like, know, oh, about, I oh like, product- I'm not yeah. Yeah, like I like I'm not going to write a book, but like I'm actually just going to enjoy not being, you know, rushed off off my ass. And, you know, uh, we've moved house and we kind of, you know, 
set up a new house and that, you know, as we know, I think it's listed in like one of the top most stressful things, you know, after like losing loss and divorce and like moving houses kind of up there with quite a stressful thing you can do. And it's not easy in Dubai either. So that kind of sucked, you know, some time and some energy. Um, so yeah, I've, you know, been kind of focused on that, I suppose. Um, and the financial hit is kind of, you know, it is what it is. And like I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm much more uh, well off than most. Um, it's kind of the only time that being freelance has actually worked to my, you know, full advantage that I haven't been in a corporate world where I've had to take a cut in salary. Um, yeah. So usually, you know, as freelancers, um, and, and, and I can't speak for people, you know, in the, in the US or in Europe, they've had a very different experience. But definitely in Dubai, being a freelancer has actually worked well for, for me and for Merv as well. Um, we've been quite lucky like that. Whereas I know a lot of people who've worked, you know, for big, big firms and corporations and airlines who have just, you know, been, oh, yeah. been oh. destroyed by this. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've enjoyed the the slightly slower pace, um, but I I don't think I've had you know any great like epiphany, or um, yeah, like had this huge inburst of of creation. Um, it's been quite collectively, I think globally, it's been you know a difficult, stressful time. So I've kind of you know just been quite quiet, which has been nice, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you 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 kept up a rigorous schedule for a long time, and uh, you know, I'm 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 very happy to hear that that you have had the time to reflect and everything. And speaking of reflection, I want to reflect on on I want to take you way back in the for I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this, but or in in an interview format, but what was the when was the first uh when did you what was the first yoga that you ever did um i was my, so my mum practiced yoga when she was pregnant with me and growing up oh, as a child geez, yeah, yeah so, so first class was actually <laughs> when i was in the womb Utero, uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, and then through my childhood, my mum, you know, dipped in and out of her practice. My grandfather, my my uh, mum's dad, also uh, had a yoga practice um, all the way through till uh, his passing at, I think he was 91 when he passed away and he practiced up to his 90th year, I, I believe. Wow, um, that's incredible. So it was... It, and my grandmother grew up in Calcutta, um, you know, in the 20s, 30s, as, you know, part of the, the British Raj um, and, the, you know, the occupation of India, I suppose, by, yeah. by, by Britain. So my grandma actually could speak. Um, she forgot it in her later years, but she, my grandma could speak fluent Bengali. So I think there was, oh, wow. so I think there was always kind of, you know, yoga was around me. Um, my first class, I don't remember. I do remember my mum taking me away on a yoga retreat when I was, I think I was 19 or 20. Um, and she took me with her to Spain. 
um, and we did some yoga there. And I danced as a as a kid, so flexibility for me came came quite quite sure. naturally. Um, and you know, as most people do, I was introduced to yoga through the physical postures, not through the kind of you know philosophy so much. Although, no. having said that, again, my mum was you know with me growing up, she was a very alternative. Um, mother in terms of I never had conventional medicine I've never taken antibiotics I was brought up on homeopathic medicine um I never had any vaccinations as a child so uh and my mum was always heavily into meditation and uh, Vipassana meditation and Eastern philosophy. So, um, but not specifically, I wouldn't say like yogic philosophy necessarily, um, maybe more Buddhist. So, yeah, so, th- so my first class, I don't remember. I have no clear, clear memory of, um, but that was my first yoga retreat with my mum. And then I found um, a Swedish teacher actually, and she uh, was teaching Scaravelli yoga and Scaravelli was a Italian woman who practiced with BKS Iyengar in Pune in India in the, I think Scaravelli was uh, a student of his in the seventies. And, uh, and this Swedish woman was one of Scaravelli's students and she taught at the Buddhist center in Brighton uh, where I went to university. I went to Sussex university and it was, you know, three pounds or something for a class if you were a student. And so I used to go to, to, her, to this woman's classes. Um, and I was often the only student in there. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. Personal yeah, TJ. Like personal, yeah, for so cheap, you know, back in, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, think, you know, things like that. You'd never hear those stories now. But um, so, yeah, so it was really through university, through my last kind of two years of university that I was practicing uh, more regularly um, before I graduated. So, yeah. So that was, those were the most, so the, the yoga retreat, you're in university and you're getting this personal instruction. Yeah. Those are the most, those are the most impactful things. When did you <laughs> realize the formative yeah. years, when did you realize that like you could make a business out of this? Oh, like, I still don't know if I can make a business out of it. <laughs> I don't think that realization is, <laughs> has ever come. There was definitely, um, you know, I, I watch in, in, in awe, I suppose, in some ways of, you know, the, the yoga industry now. Um, and I'm sure teachers more senior than me would, you know, would have far more to, to say on the subject. I suppose I was kind of at that tipping point of yoga really being something that was still done, you know, in community centers and, you know, and church halls back home. And, you know, you'd pay, a, you know, an, a lady who was in her 70s, you know, to teach you some stretches. Um, and maybe there would be a bit of yogic philosophy weaved in. I mean, now it's a business, but I certainly didn't start it uh, with with that kind of view in mind. I think a lot of younger practitioners now, you know, do their teacher training because they see quite a clear branded path. Uh, yeah. um, and it was not, I mean, it was not like that for me at, at, at all. Um, and I did my teacher training com- completely by by kind of by chance um and i i had no intention of teaching even after i'd done my first teacher training um so it took a really long time for me to kind of go well maybe maybe i could just do a bit of this on the side and then you know before i knew it 
it was my job full time. So, but it was, it was never yeah. strategic. Um, and, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know if you've ever felt that, that like, I feel like the confidence of young people nowadays is just, you know, it, 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 it astounds me and baffles me at the same time. And I, I don't know, being a child of the 80s, it was like, I feel like we were, we were kind of brought up, you know, despite what I've said about my own personal experience in my family with my grandma and my mommy always encouraging me. But, you know, I think there was a, a huge dose of like, if you're not good enough, you won't make it. Uh, and, you know, you... It's so competitive. It's, 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 yeah, it's and there like was a big dose of humility, from I a think. Young, you know, yeah. it was kind of like, you may not oh. be the best and, you know, and you've got to try the best, but like, you might fail. And now I feel like, you know, these, these like younger kids are just like, I won't fail because it's, it's what I'm going to do. And I'm, I don't know, like, I, yeah. So I, I don't have that. I don't really have that um, kind of, maybe not a business mind. I feel like I'm, I'm okay with that. I've got some business acumen, but I don't have this kind of, you know, massive burning desire to like conquer the yoga world. Really? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I just like, I don't really, uh, it doesn't really interest me very much. Yeah. You're pretty happy where you are. You're mm. content. I mean, and you know, I learned in a very traditional way. All my trainings were in India um and you know for me the yoga poses and you know throwing a pose up on instagram is you know it's kind of a means to an end but it's you know as you know it's certainly not what yoga is um and that was really hammered home for me with all my study um i think that that's kind of been lost a little bit in translation coming uh into the into like the western world where it's purely seen as kind of you know physical exercise um, so yeah, the idea that you could kind of, you know, make a living and make a brand and, you know, sell yoga asana is, is just, is still, I think, I'm, I feel like I'm still catching up to that idea. Yeah. Huh. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I saw a pose that you did the other day where you had your like legs like wrapped around your wrapped around like they were literally on your <laughs> head. You were going around like that, and you. I think the caption was like, "I, I used to I used to post these photos of of me doing poses back when I was back when I yeah. was doing this." And yeah. oh my, I think it was like sakes. back when I that used to just... take like photos for Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. I think we yeah, have one. Yeah, there's actually. one. I think there's one of you like holding one of my legs, and I'm in a handstand or something after <laughs> after a you know a long chat and a beach walk. Um, yeah, oh. I think you found. I think I remember on that walk, you um, we found a beachfront villa, and then we called up to see how much it would be for all of us to move in there. <laughs> and the guy, and it was like property prices here were really high, and it was like a ridiculous amount, and you were like. Dude, if we could get like ten people, it would be like so worth it. I'm just like, we don't even know. We don't. We're not even friends with ten people. <laughs> we don't even like ten people. No. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I used to take photos. Um, you know, specifically for that 
you know, for that purpose. I went through that, you know, phase of kind of feeling like I had to be very present on social media. I mean, I still am in terms of my classes yeah. and stuff on stories, but I don't tend to. But you're very much more thoughtful now. Yeah. Like you're, you know, and you're, and you're much more relaxed and that easy. It just seems like you're at peace with yourself because you sit down and you're like, you know, this, this is what it is. And, you know, ask me some questions or I'll tell you a little yeah. something. And, and the, the way the, it's, it's less about, you know, the physical demonstration of yoga as it is more of just like, and I, I hate to use the word philosophical, but it's like, you know, your, your philosophy is integral and innate into your, into the way that you portray yourself online now. And I think that speaks volumes more than the physical demonstration of poses and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, you're sitting there and, and, and you're, you're doing something that's thoughtful, something that is, uh, you know, is, is, uh, an emotional demonstration or philosophical demonstration of the accumulation of your years of, of practice of the physical and of the philosophical. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I, think, I, I mean, I definitely yeah. nowadays only really want to post something if I have something to say. I mean, you know, I'm yeah. I'm guilty as I'm, you know, I'm sure like most people in the yoga world of, you know, you put like a really impressive backbend and then I don't know, you put like a quote by Gandhi underneath it, you know, and it's kind <laughs> of like now I look back and I'm like, what was I think? Like, what does that even demonstrate? Like okay, I can put my foot on my head and I, you know, who even knows if Gandhi ever said that? Like, it's so, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's such a weird. Oh my God, you got to check out, you got to check out this account called Girls with Irrelevant Oh my God, Caption. I don't even want to. I'll be, I'll probably be on there from like three years ago. I don't even want to look. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, you know, and, and it's still, you know, going back to talking about that kind of, generational uh thing that and I think I, I posted about this once as well where I kind of feel like you know I used to still hand write essays at you at, at university um definitely at school wow. definitely unbelievable at school. and you know at, yeah. it was, okay my dissertation had to be typed and you know certain things had to be handed in typed but there was still very much kind of you know that that Un, you know, I definitely wasn't like technologically, you know, um, au fait with 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 things, and so I feel like I'm I'm yeah. almost on that that cusp of I'm I'm young enough to know that it's really important, but I'm kind of too old to really be very strategic and 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 snazzy with it so I've kind of like almost missed the boat but I've kind of just been able to grab onto the back of the speedboat and I'm kind of being pulled along not really knowing you know where I'm going <laughs> like I'm missing a ski so yeah I mean, no see that's the thing is is authenticity shows through no matter what and it it, it doesn't I, I I don't think that you know you could be very clever with with social media or whatever but authenticity shows through regardless you know if, if it's just i mean look at look at joe rogan's podcast i mean the dude doesn't have any music or yeah, just bad you know or intros and but outros it's chat. just 
hey, what's going on? You know, yeah, great chat. Sure. And that's really what I mean, and they're authentic. So it's like you can do all the bullshit and bells and whistles and everything else, and that's great. It's one way. But, I, I mean, to for use entertainment it, yeah. value. Yeah, yeah it's one yeah. way. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, let me let me ask you this because I've always, you know, I, I, you know, I lived in Dubai for quite a long time, and it was it was a pretty, you know, fun place when we were all together and everything else. And I'm wondering how how you see it has changed over the years. I would guess, you know, since since I've left and since COVID yeah. and everything else. How well let's let's start how is Dubai right now? Like how is you how do you how do you what do you feel about it? I mean, right now I feel like it's a little bit like Groundhog Day, just because as I say, I, I haven't yeah, you know, I haven't been, had yeah, okay. my, my break, I haven't had my my you know, my cup filled by my teachers giving me knowledge. So it right now it feels a little a little bit repetitive. However, the weather, of course, as you know, at this time of year is fantastic. So um yeah. It's very, you know, with this whole uh, pandemic, as expected, the Dubai government has been very systematic. Um, unlike the British government, I don't know if you've seen any. Wow. What an absolute disaster. Like, talk about flip-flopping back and forth. Like, make up your minds on what, on what you guys no. want to do. So, I suppose, in a way, you know, it's been strict and it's been... Uh, but it's also been, um, you know, it's followed a step-by-step, step, you know, closing and then a step-by-step step reopening. Um, and so, I, and, you know, there was there were a few, like, points along the way where, you know, everyone was like, can we do this or are we allowed to do this? And But now everyone, I feel like, is in, you know, pretty much, like, not a knowledgeable groove of knowing where we can be and what we can do and what, and, you know, and what we can't do. So it's been very systematic, which I think in a way has helped a lot of people um, mentally um, because we've known in a way what to, what to expect. And I think we're at the point now here anyway, where they won't shut back down. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> I'm going to message you. You know. Now, how about if you go if you go yeah. to the mall? I mean, are people still buying things like crazy? Yeah, because you know, Brad, it doesn't. I mean, rich people. I mean, and and when I say rich people, I mean like really rich people that we know exist here. You know, it's it's impacted everyone. I mean, some of my clients, um, you know, who own really big businesses and are you know kind of let's say top tier. It's still impacted them. I don't think anyone's, you know, unless you're uh, an owner of uh, Facebook or Amazon or, you know, and you've, or. Yeah, yeah the rich have gotten yeah, richer, I some, think. Yeah. In, in the tech world. Sure, in the tech world. Um, but, you know, here, yeah, everyone's been impacted to a certain degree. I know in construction, it's like, it's as busy as ever. Um, yeah. Is so it I really? Think, yeah, they're still building stuff. I don't know who's going to live in these places. How yeah. is that? I How don't know. How is that? I don't know. There's, uh, there can't be as many tourists as there were before, and there can't be the hotel occupancy there was before because there aren't as many no, flights. Well, People aren't really traveling anymore. No, I mean, so how I is know. it? That I don't they're... know. And it's not just hotels. Yeah. Anymore. I mean, they're building. I don't know. I mean, wasn't the tagline for years in Dubai like "build and they will come"? <laughs> I mean, like, so they're just building. <laughs> 
I think actually hotels are pretty because they've they've had to um, operate at a reduced capacity they have actually been at full capacity for what they've been able to operate at and I think a lot of that is actually Dubai residents you know taking advantage of not yeah like vacations and you know special offers and deals and especially those who decided not to travel abroad you know, a lot of people went to Ras Al Khaimah or Fujero and, you know, and had their had their little holidays yeah. and getaways there. So definitely money is is still being it is still being spent. And in a way it was it was, you know, genius because <laughs> usually this place is like a ghost town in the summer. Um in and actually summer, I think right, far yeah. less people travelled this year than ever before. And so Dubai residents were still going out and, you know, sure I don't know how much money is being obviously spent uh, in the you know uh, retail uh, industry there's been a lot of things that have closed down restaurants and gyms and um, I mean uh, I think it's small to medium businesses are worse affected but you know huge massive hotel chains and and stuff like that are, they'll always yeah. be okay because of the amount of money that they've got to move around um, so as always it gets it gets the small guy mm. first you know yeah but yeah yet. for sure so you i mean you said that you were you know you had well let me know when when you when you need to get going because i want to be respectful I've, of your time okay, so you just like, tell me how much time like 15, do we have left 15 20 minutes and then i'm good yeah perfect okay so on your on your recreation time i know that you used to spend a lot of time at the surf house and that was a wonderful you know it was always awesome to just hang out with people yeah. at the surf house and do do your thing and everybody kind of like commiserated and ate and everything else now where do you spend your free time now at home mostly yeah uh-huh um, i mean i think now now my free time now with the weather the way it is um i'm much more likely to go for a walk or go down to the beach and go for a swim. Um, but certainly over uh-huh. the summer, I spent a lot of time indoors. Um, so I got a, have you ever seen those like meditation uh, coloring books where they're like really intricate, like mandala uh, pictures and you have to kind of really concentrate <laughs> to like color them in. So I did like an adult coloring book. Uh, a lot of coloring, yeah. a lot of coloring so books. I did some coloring books. I did some reading. <laughs> um, I joined. What are you reading these days, or what? What? What has been some some of the books or a book that you are like? This is dope. Well, right now I'm I'm halfway through uh, the Legend of Crazy Horse, who was a um, Native American oh, Indian. The Indian? Yeah. Um, so I'm quite enjoying yeah. that. And then the, another book that my mum bought me, um, which isn't a novel. I mean, my favorite uh, books are kind of historical novels, really. I find, um, sure. you know, yoga books, uh, I kind of have to dip in and out of them a little bit. To read them cover to cover, I I, I find quite... Yeah, oh, they're like hard. Dense. They're dense, man. And it's yeah. hard but to follow. My mom bought me um, Do Pause, You Are Not a To-Do List by Robert Poynton. Um, and it's it, actually, it was such um, perfect timing when she got it for me. Because she got it for me actually towards the end of last year. And then the pandemic hit. And this whole book is is just about the importance of slowing down and and reflecting and pausing. And so that was actually a really nice book to have 
during the last six months, you know, just to read little excerpts from and, um, you know, frame my my pause time um, to feel like I was nourishing myself. Because I think for me, it's hard to slow down. And if I, you know, if I sit down in the middle of the day and I'm not doing yoga or, you know, promoting something or emailing someone or, you know, whatever it might be, or teaching a class, I feel like I'm being really lazy. Um, yeah. And I find that difficult just to kind of sit in stillness and, and be quite, which is, which is ironic as a yoga teacher. I should, I should really be very good at that. But I find it quite difficult. I have quite like an active overactive mind and and energy um and I often think that like doing nothing is is unproductive um so this book was quite useful in in allowing me to see that actually resting makes you far more productive um yes and yes there's a well there's a famous quote I think it's by Socrates and it goes like all of all of humankind's problems boil down to the to the the fact that man cannot sit in a room alone for 15 minutes or something right. like and, that and, and and not necessarily be in a meditation practice because i'm okay sitting for you know up to an hour if i'm meditating but that's a very different type of you know of stillness because it's a practice and i'm focusing on my breath or i'm chanting or i'm doing you know whatever it might be but actually just sitting and maybe just thinking um you know just being, being aware, aware of, of your my, thoughts yeah, and my surroundings and you know do you have a specific meditation practice or do you I meditate? do meditate um I haven't practiced so my my personal meditation practice is usually vipassana um which is a, a buddhist meditation uh and it's structured, uh, the way that you learn it is uh, with a 10-day silent retreat um, where you don't speak for 10 days and you meditate probably eight to 10 hours per day. Um, so it definitely breaks you and then kind of builds you, builds you up again. Um, and it's a very specific way of meditating, Vipassana meditation, where you observe sensation. So there's no repetition of mantra um there's really just feeling what's happening in your body um which is mind-blowing when when you do it and you notice um i suppose the the arising and the passing of sensation um which i found really interesting because having you know injured myself and and experienced physical pain and I know from my experience and from my students who've, you know, hurt themselves along the way. And I teach a lot of um, athletes or people that do other kinds of sport. And I know that when we're in pain, we think that we're always going to be in pain. Um, and so this meditation was really eye-opening for me to realize just on a, on a very small scale of how sensation arises and passes and then how that applies to the fact that nothing is permanent. Um, so that's my personal meditation. I find it the most effective um, compared to a lot of yogic meditations that I've that I've been taught in the past. Um, yeah, I haven't uh, 
practiced. I did a little bit with my mum when she was here um, during lockdown. Um, I got her on the last flight out of India. She was in India for work. And um, I told her they were about to close the airport. And I got her on the last flight out of Calcutta to Dubai. And she ended up spending seven weeks with me. Um, and we did Vipassana then because my mum's a, a, a regular Vipassana meditator. Um, but oh, wow. If I, you know, if there's a famous Buddhist quote, which is like, if you, if you're too busy to meditate for 15 minutes, you should be meditating for an hour, you know? Yeah, but, I've heard that one, but, yeah, for uh, sure. You know, I, I definitely struggled with this move and, you know, just focusing on lots of different things and juggling, you know, many different uh, balls in the air that uh, I probably am only doing, you know, 10 or 15 minutes and not my usual one hour. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, I think it ebbs, it ebbs and flows. Physical practice, meditation, it's always there. It just kind of, the dials get turned up and down depending on what else is going on. Um, but I have it there when I need it. So, yeah. yeah. And I think that, I think that you're, you're, well, I mean, you're, because I think med meditation is, uh, we, we we kind of pigeonhole it into oh you've got to lay there for you know 15 20 30 minutes an hour whatever it is but in reality i think meditation is living oh it's definitely like what 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 you do day in and day out and constantly in, in my estimation of it, it's like running your brain in debugger mode where you're just like you're always observing like what you're thinking because we have this internal dialogue that just kind of runs in the background without yeah. us even in the background and we're so unconscious of it and we have these emotions and these feelings that go through our bodies and our minds all the time and we're completely unaware of where they're stemming from but if we become aware of the thoughts and the feelings and the the ability to kind of uh, dial in to where they're coming from that is the essence of meditation it doesn't need to be you know, lying on your back or sitting in, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a, with your legs crossed or whatever. Yeah. It, no, I, yeah. It lotus position. It, it yeah, go ahead. doesn't. I think, I think it's a, it's a, it, that is one way of meditating. And when we look at like, you know, the East, um, that was, you know, what kind of came out of India and the Himalayas and Nepal was that form of meditation. But I definitely, know this to be true which is you know I think a lot of the people that I've met particularly here um are are more yogic than a lot of people who practice yoga asana so and what I mean by that is that it, it, I've seen firsthand how a meditation can can you know happen when when someone surfs, when someone runs, when someone skateboards, whatever brings that person present into the moment. It doesn't have to be uh, stillness. It's more kind of one pointedness of of focus and and breath, yeah. and you know, and that can be with or without movement. Um, but yeah, I've certainly like, you know, a lot of, a, a lot of you guys and, and Merv included, who's, you know, an ex MMA fighter, 
I would say that Merv has, you know, more yogic qualities than a lot of people that I've met along my yoga journey. Um, you know, and and yeah. and same with you, and same with Chambers, and uh, certainly, like it, it doesn't have to be that you, you know, that that as you say, you sit there with with cross-legged uh, lotus in order to to find your inner peace. It just doesn't. You don't yeah. have to. You don't have to do it like that. It's just one one way. Um, I think it was Swami Shivananda said the the paths are many, but the goal is one. So you choose your own way. That is a beautiful way to end this, ah. I believe. Oh, that was wonderful, ah, Laura. Thanks so much for asking me on. I feel like that, that it was it was far less scary than I thought it might be. <laughs> oh my goodness! See the nerves were. It's I always whenever I'm talking to usually in the skateboarding world, but I'm like, you know, just picture yourself like we're at the skate shop, yeah. just talking shit. Uh, it did feel like you know, we were at the house, maybe. <laughs> yeah yeah right exactly so this is a this is a reflection we'll have a little meditation on the med- meditative reflection on the wonderful times we had yeah, at the absolutely. surf house and this was a, this was a very good conversation i'm so happy to have this with you laura ferrier thank you so thank much you, sweetheart Brad. miss you loads have a <laughs> I miss you too. God, please let this l- ludicrous know, time right? be over, please. Oh yeah. my God, I can't I wait. And then we'll all meet in inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> all I'm right. sending you loads of love. Peace be upon you. Namaste in bed. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> Take care.